Hello and welcome to episode two of Let's 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 Play Games. What up? Welcome back to episode two of People Like Games, a new gaming and esports podcast. Uh, rather. Welcome back to the five people who had the misfortune of having to sit through episode one. Um, However, due to their sacrifice, uh, we were able to get a lot of good feedback and notes on uh, making a far better show for the listeners. And so, you know, we hope to have crafted something to be so good that we might even get a a sixth listener, uh, one who is not a family member or friend, but... I'm going to try to not be too optimistic. I know how these things go. Always control your expectations. Anywho, uh, I'm your host, Solo. uh, And for those of you unfamiliar with the format of the show, which I assume is everyone because no one listens to this, uh, which is actually pretty convenient when you're actually recording it because no one's going to listen. It doesn't matter what you say. Um, Anyway, uh, it's a three-segment show. um, And so for the first segment... Uh, it's usually about 10 to 15 minutes, and what we do is we focus on 5 to 10 topics in gaming, esports, uh, or around the industry uh, that we think are really interesting or pertinent, um, you know, and worth exploring or just sort of touching upon. Uh, for the second segment, uh, we do a sort of in-depth analysis of a topic or a question. So uh, if you want to take a look back to last week's episode, uh, we did a little study on uh, loot boxes and uh, whether they should be regulated uh, in much the same manner as gambling in the United States. Um, And then usually for the third part of the episode, we do an interview. Uh, Last week, we had uh, the CEO of a cloud gaming company, Parsec, uh, here to talk with us. Um, However, this week, we will not be having a guest. I could probably lie, but I would say no one responded to my emails, so there's no guest. Uh, Hopefully moving forward, though, we'll be able to start bringing in some pretty good people uh, that are worth talking to and hearing and just talk about ranges of subjects. (laughs) Anyway, so let's uh, let's get this moving uh, and go on to the first segment, uh, Quickscope. And so without further ado, here we go. GameStop's in the news this week. Uh, No, it has not gone out of business. Uh, It's actually in the news for a good reason. Uh, They're introducing a program called Power Pass, which is a program that lets you pay $60 and then for six months play as many pre-owned games as you want. Um, So it goes through the entire GameStop pre-owned library, uh, allows you to take one home, and then whenever you're done, you just bring it in, swap it out for another game. Uh, there's no limit to the number of games you can rent during those six months. However, you can only rent one at a time. Uh, it's a solid deal. Um, six months is pretty good, about $10 a month. Uh, it is only available to Power Up Rewards members, but that's for free, so it's not like that's an additional barrier. Um, and lastly, or the last hitch in all of this, is that uh, you can only uh, choose games from the shelf in the physical store. Not from the company's online catalog, so no, this is not a Gamefly knockoff. Uh, it's sort of uh, the resurrection of Blockbuster, because I always think about that in relation to um, Blockbuster, that when it was uh, closing down a couple of years back, everyone was pretty focused on the movie rental aspect of it. And if you were a kid who grew up uh, on the, you know, 
PS2, uh, N64, Xbox generation, you knew that, you know, Blockbuster was equally as important for renting games as movies. And once it closed down, there's a huge hole in the market. Um, there's still a huge hole in the market. You know, Gamefly is, you know, the only real main company that I can think of when it comes to renting games. And that one has a lot of problems in and of itself. Um, so, you know, I think a program like this is going to be successful. It starts on November 19th, and uh, I think people are going to be pretty surprised uh, about what comes out of it because not everyone has $60 to blow on a game uh, every single week or every single month, rather, or every other month, rather. And, you know, everyone loves games, and you always want to be playing. And so, you know, what better way than to allow people who have already traded in their games to be allowed to be rented? And if you want to keep it, you pay the difference, and you keep it, and it leaves their library. So, no one else can rent it so it's neither here nor there um but it's pretty interesting um look what you know make sure to keep an eye out for it um for uh our second story um call of duty world war ii just got released um I'm not a fan of the series, to be frankly honest. Uh, you know, I was always a Halo guy. Modern Warfare was, you know, the the jam. But, you know, overall, Call of Duty is just not my cup of tea. I prefer other games. So, if you wanted a review on it, you're out of luck. I am sure that there are plenty of uh, websites and podcasts that would be able to give you a more accurate review. But not me. Sorry. Um... In our next story, it's esports and Olympics. Um, so if you have heard or had not heard, um, the Olympics have been considering including esports uh, as one of their events. Um, however, uh, the International Olympic Committee uh, had been uh, delegating about whether to uh, define esports as sports. Um, and during a meeting, uh, in October in Switzerland, the committee decided that, wow, esports are sports, um, which, I mean, if you consider golf a sport, you got to consider esports a sport, but that's no insult to golf, just a compliment to esports. Um, however, they did say that to be recognized further by the IOC, esports content must not infringe on the Olympic values, which, funny enough, if you've read the news as of late, Olympic and values is quite a questionable concept to put together, but we're not going to judge their uh, hypocrisy. Um, They added, we want to promote non-discrimination, non-violence, and peace among people. This doesn't match with video games, which are about violence, explosions, and killing. And there we have to draw a clear line. So it may end up uh, in, you know, the Olympics, however... You know, if a majority of major esports games are either RTS or FPSs, I don't see how, um, you know, that is going to mesh well with that sort of uh, demanded uh, requirement. And if they already have sports, you know, why are you going to add a sports game? But, you know, in due course, I'm sure within the next five to ten years, we'll see a, a switch uh, happen and esports join the uh, the Olympics, which will be pretty cool um, to see happen. Um, in other news, Xbox One came out, um, or the Xbox One X rather, which again, just why why would you name it that? Um, but I'm not going to judge. Um, it's for five hundred dollars uh, if you. 
heard last week, which again, I know no one did. So I just have to keep repeating what I thought uh, would have been set out last week. I don't believe that a $500 mid-generation upgrade is really worth it. Um, not a lot of people have 4K TVs uh, casually sitting around to require a minute graphics upgrade that the naked eye can barely make out, but Xbox thought it was uh, uh, worth it, and they, they, they were pretty quick to uh, really drive that point home with the uh, the Xbox. is the most Xbox One X is the most powerful console in the world, guitar riff. Um, which, you know, which is cool, but, you know, if it's a mid-tier PC, you could just buy a PC and have a multifunctional uh, entertainment device rather than a console, uh, which has its own limitations. Um, in addition, uh, so I, I, as you can tell, I'm, I'm not a particular fan of the concept. Um, and, you know, in, in other news about the Xbox One X, you know, they came out with a few games that were ready to be uh, upgraded uh, early on for the graphics, but they did not take into account that the hard drive obviously fills up quickly because 4K and Ultra HDR support requires very large file sizes. So... Same thing that they didn't take care of with the Xbox One, which was the fact that even if you bought a game, you would have to download it onto a console. So, you know, if you bought a disc and then you download the game onto your console, why do you still need the disc to be able to play it? You know, which is probably a, a reason, you know, there's a reason for it. And theirs is probably just to get people to buy digital downloads. But I just am not a fan of digital downloads. I prefer if I'm going to spend money that I have a hard copy of what I want. So if I want to give it to someone or sell it or whatever the case is, it's my right rather than a digital copy, which is just permanently there and you can't do anything with it. Um, and so, you know, funny enough, I think uh, one of the uh, members of the Xbox team actually mentioned that uh, he would recommend players get an external hard drive, uh, which is pretty damn hilarious for a company selling the most powerful console in the world to be like it's so powerful but to get an external hard drive because we didn't think about hardware space requirements because we're microsoft um, which speaking of microsoft sort of bleeds into the next story uh they're trying to amp up in-house development of games uh, and they're looking to uh, open new game studios or acquire them uh, i thought the other day um or just recently, rather, uh, Microsoft or EA was it EA acquired? I don't remember. I'm not gonna jump into that. EA acquired the company that was making Titanfall, I believe. Um, anyway, uh, the Microsoft Core uh, is trying to get a its video game unit uh, to shift towards software and services, uh, and they realize that uh, they don't have a lot of console exclusives anymore. Um, unless you're a fan of Halo or the Gears of War franchise, I had originally bought the Xbox One because I was like. Halo is going to come out for Xbox and not PS4, so I want my Xbox. And Halo 5 was really worth it. It was probably the best game that's come out so far on the entirety of Xbox One's history. Um, but at the same time, you could realize that there's a very small, small number of games that are Xbox exclusive and have been particularly memorable uh, in the past couple of years. Um, of course, Xbox had a bunch. Xbox had a very strong uh, stack of games. Um, but, you know, given that uh, the Xbox One has failed and uh, the PS4 is obviously number one in uh, console sales at the moment of this new crop 
uh, of generation consoles. Uh, eventually, I think the Nintendo Switch is going to catch up. But basically, Xbox is looking at uh, what Nintendo is doing and say, oh, wow, Breath of the Wild, that got a 10 out of 10 everywhere, and it's incredible. And people are like, oh, my God, I love this. I want to buy a Switch to play this. And then they released Mario Odyssey and basically just did the same thing again, which is extremely impressive and is something that I imagine that Microsoft wants to emulate, um, whether they can or not, whether it's come too far, I don't know. I sort of like what what they're doing, which is making all Xbox, Xbox One, uh, and Xbox One X games uh, just sort of basically a multi-generational console where you can play all three uh, generational consoles. But, you know, we'll see uh, if Microsoft is fully uh, committed to that concept. It would be great. I think it would help them a lot in sales. But uh, if they're trying to catch up with PS4 and Nintendo Switch, uh, the Xbox One X is not it. Uh, Sorry, Microsoft. Um, For our next story, I don't know how many of you follow politics, but I'm a big political guy. So I'm just going to jump into this story anyway. Uh, Wolfenstein 2 Collectible is uh, within game. Mocks a progressive magazine over its coverage of white nationalists. So, uh, if any of you are familiar uh, with the uh, concept of white nationalists or this liberal magazine uh, being named, it was Mother Jones, um, and it was a article that they ran back in November of 2016 that was titled "Meet the Dapper White Nationalist Riding the Trump Wave" about Richard Spencer. Um, which, you know, for a liberal magazine, obviously they were trying to get those hate clicks, but what can you do about that? Um, And so basically they have a a, a little poster that you can collect that says, uh, meet the dapper young Nazi, uh, which is pretty hilarious. And, you know, big thumbs up to them for throwing that joke in, especially on a timely topic like Nazis uh, in America, which you would think, but... We can get there later. Um, For our next story, Intel joins AMD to battle NVIDIA. Um, So it would be a core processor uh, with custom Radeon graphics. Uh, Basically, NVIDIA has widened the chasm between itself and all other companies. And uh, hell is not frozen over, but they decided to work together because, you know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend in business. So what real options did they have um you know hopefully it's not going to you know rival at least in 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 graphical power what nvidia is able to offer with their more high-end laptops however i think it'll pack a lot of power for lower prices um and may even give uh, max a major upgrade if they end up going with a uh, amd graphics card um but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that sort of moves forward, um, especially as, you know, PC gaming is heating heating up uh, outside of its uh, core and towards a, a larger mainstream audience. Um, so for the next topic, uh, Hulu has, uh, or Hulu rather, is getting into esports. Uh, ESL, which calls itself the world's largest esports company, is bringing four new shows to the uh, streaming service. The first one's called Player vs. Player, is a gamified talk show. Uh, second one's called Boot Camp, a weekly docuseries following Immortals Counter Strike Global Offensive Team. Uh, the third one is Defining Moments, an in depth uh, esports history show, which is not a big history for esports just yet, but I would really love to see the context uh, from its you know beginnings to where it is now. So I'm going to be actually watching that one. And ESL Replay, a tournament recap show. Um, 
So they're all going to be brought to Hulu. Uh, they're all being produced by ESL, and they're going to uh, premiere in the fall. So it's a couple of months away, but uh, it's interesting to see between them and Turner uh, the amount of esports content that we're going to be seeing uh, in the next year. Uh, I'm sure Netflix is going to get in. I'm sure Amazon's going to get in. Uh, I'm sure everyone's going to try to get a piece of the esports pie. I mean, I guess we'll see uh, if they understand that it, it, it's a very savvy market uh, amongst gamers and uh, established uh, corporate entities are usually not their best friends. So we'll see if, you know, if people flock to it or if they try to, you know, stick to watching their favorite gamers on Twitch instead of on a organized, you know, service, streaming service or a cable offer or a cable network. Um, who knows? We'll see what happens with that. Uh, next up, Jerry Jones buys a majority stake in Complexity Gaming <clears throat> alongside uh, real estate investor John Jopp. Um, the you know terms of the deal were not disclosed. However, uh, you know they sold a majority. The Complexity team is going to be moving to Dallas-Fort Worth, where they'll establish their headquarters. Um, but enough. When I when I read this article, I was like, wait a second. How come Jerry Jones didn't end up buying? Dallas Fuel, which is the uh, Dallas-based team for the Overwatch League upcoming, um, and apparently in the article it ended up mentioning that uh, Jones's son, who is the Cowboys COO, had been approached previously about owning a slot in Blizzard's uh, Overwatch League, um, but they didn't really want to fork out the $20 million to be paid over time, especially since they weren't particularly... Uh, didn't have a particular expertise of the market so they you know sort of passed on that and then you know what have you the next option comes and they scoop it up i'm sure money wasn't the issue it was probably uh as everyone who's outside the network of gamers is is a slight uh cynicism or skepticism as to the potential of esports but uh it's coming it's coming it's going to be big and uh, if you could see all these sports owners and millionaires buying in uh it's either going to destroy the sport or uh take it to the next level i guess time is going to be the answer to that question um next up tencent uh the major Chinese company that owns the most popular and largest game in the world, League of Legends, uh, is getting into the Battle Royale game. Uh, uh, Battle Royale, what is it, mm, concept. Uh, looks like they're going to be coming out with their own mobile title uh, in the field, which I guess makes sense. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Why, why would you make it into a mobile game? Regardless, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know... There's a lot of uh, effort going on nowadays to see if they can make a, a transition for mobile games to be uh, amongst the esports uh, most popular sports, given the popularity of mobile gaming among younger generation. Um, but uh, it's interesting. We'll see what the the quality is like there. You know, PUBG and Fortnite are battling it out for the top spot anyway. Um, and the last two stories are coming up. I'm just going to make this quick because I do tend to ramble. Niantic, uh, the famous company from Pokemon Go, that game that everyone played for like two months and everyone stopped playing two months after, um, is launching a new game in 2018 with Harry Potter. That could be huge um, as a major, major, major Potterhead. Um, I was super excited to hear it. The game's uh, titled Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Um, I'm really curious to see how they're going to implement augmented reality gaming into this concept. Um, 
or how they're going to do a multi-team or do it, whatever the case is, I, I'm very curious to see. And I'm not particularly sure how it translates into a mobile game the way that Pokemon did. If anything, they should be focusing on bringing up virtual reality Yu-Gi-Oh game to, to reality rather than this. But all of Harry Potter, I'm always down for more IP and content coming from them, especially since the uh, addictiveness of Pokemon Go for two months was like heroin. So maybe Pokemon will, or maybe rather Harry Potter will be like crack. Well, I guess we're going to see. Um, and lastly, um, Monster Hunter World won't have loot boxes. Uh, the devs uh, don't want players to skip the experience. Um, you know, they said our focus is on wanting to get people to play our action game and feel the kind of satisfaction that comes with the achievement you get with completing a hunt and getting rewards. We want people to have that experience that we've made for them rather than the option to skip the experience. Are you listening, Blizzard? Um, and so that's pretty cool. Um, I hope that more companies will take this route. I think they'll find it a, quite a, a favor, favorable uh, response from gamers. And I hope that a lot of people buy the game uh, so that more companies start taking uh, a similar pathway, which is not including loot boxes, which are a ripoff uh, and exploitation. Um, anyway, um, so that's it for this week's topics. Um, let's get into our next segment, uh, which is going to be, like I said a little earlier, a in-depth uh, analysis, or rather a good, maybe a conversation on whether uh, the esports uh, teams or the esports in esports in general should be uh, mimicking the franchising model of professional. Uh, sports teams here in america following a message from our sponsors this is not an advertisement and by the way free tax stone so uh as we were mentioning before um today's uh subject of uh analysis or conversation is going to be uh whether each sport should take on the uh athletic sport league franchise model um, with a uh, particular emphasis on the upcoming Overwatch League, which uh, the preseason begins on December 6th. Um, I'm here with Trophy again uh, from episode one. And, you know, since we're running the theme going, uh, Alex is one of the five listeners. So, you know, technically we still need a fifth. So, and a sixth. I, I didn't even listen. You know, we didn't either. So hopefully, thank you to the other random four that happened to show up. Um, so, the Overwatch League is uh, beginning on December 6th, uh, the preseason rather. The regular season starts on the 10th. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with it, but there's going to be, uh, for the listeners, if there happens to be uh, a few who aren't, there's 12 teams. Um, there's going to be uh, two divisions. So will be the Atlantic and the Pacific Division. The Atlantic Division has six teams. Uh, the Boston Uprising... Uh, the Florida Mayhem, Houston Outlaws, London Spitfire, New York Excelsior, which, Jesus, and Philadelphia Fusion. Um, the Pacific Division is Dallas Fuel, Los Angeles Gladiators, Los Angeles Valiant, San Francisco Shock, CL Dynasty, and Shanghai Dragons. Uh, each team will play 40 games across the season, 20 within their division, and 20 cross-division. Uh, games will run Thursday through Saturday, uh, running on, this is in East Coast uh, time, uh, at 7, 9, and 11. Um, some matches will be at 5. Um, 
that's pretty much a, 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 the rundown of uh, what will be going on with the league. Um, but actually, there it, it, it is a little slightly complex in how it runs. So there's going to be uh, all the teams obviously competing for playoff spots. Um, but the seasonal play is going to be broken into four stages. Uh, each stage will span five weeks, uh, ending in a title match for each stage. Each stage will have a pool of eight maps. Um, and for each game, there's going to be four maps. So that means they are subject to ties, which we're going to get into, which means they might be taking a more uh, soccer uh, UEFA format than they are uh, an NFL f- format. But um, each stage will have a map pool for eight teams, uh, schedule out for breaks and reset after five weeks. The teams with the best cumulative records uh, weighted amongst overall uh, matches and within the stage title matches uh, will make the playoffs uh, and then they'll compete. Um, so what do you think? How does this sound off the top of your head? Do you think the Overwatch League is viable in its form, which is basically trying to mimic a sports league? I mean, I think it's funny because sports leagues have that form, not because of uh, like choice, because of the like, necessity of how they were created. Like, you know, like, 80, 100 years ago, like, it made sense because, like, the players on those teams would be from those areas. Yeah, it, it literally the entire league is Korean. Yeah. That's it. Like, the and, London's... And, like, and like Scandinavian. It's, it, it, overall, the European, but not even, like... Honestly, in, I, would, in a, I would welcome it, though, if they did go back to those roots and said, like... Like, if they did something really cool where, like... Uh, you had to be from New York to be on Excelsior and then like the way to do it is like you have to have like a New York apartment like you have to have like a New York address or something like that or a driver's license dude the, the entire season I did not mention is going to be taking place in Los Angeles um, with the stage title matches and the championship so playoffs so you don't like go around like no not home or away not for the inaugural season so the goal is eventually to have each of the uh, 12 teams to have their own uh Stadiums, but for now it's just going to be played in Los Angeles. Well, like go in someone else's stadium. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I can say play like Madison Square. Like they did, like exactly, or or, or um Warner's. the world, uh, the League of Legends uh, World Championship Finals was played in the Bird's Nest in Beijing. Oh, yeah. Um, so what is the alternative model? Like if 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 you were like you know. Because initially I was like, this is sort of a silly idea. Um, the logos are sort of ridiculous. But um, actually in the lead up or announced at BlizzCon last week was the update on the spectator mode, which is pretty cool if you happen yeah. to have checked out. Um, they're trying to get esports ready. They definitely are because I watched the BlizzCon. I watched Overwatch playoffs um, that happened during BlizzCon and it was pretty well made in terms of being able to follow the action, which is... Not kind of the commentators, but the spectator mode is... Spectator, I mean, at least it allowed for commentating. If they um, want to get good, they should give the audience uh, the ability to, like, use spectator mode. So, like, if I'm, like, on Twitch or something, like, watching the that, that match, I should be able to say, like, hit a button and go to, like, the... A free camera? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. I understand, like, it's something that everyone's always wanted actual sports, but, like, it's obviously <laughs> logistics is really hard, but in, like, in games, it's super easy to do. But see, I feel like Overwatch in particular is, like, the one game that has the ability to 
create this organizational model within yeah. franchise teams. Um, there wasn't any other game, and there isn't any other game even you know lined up to be potentially as big as Overwatch. Um, I hope that they expand the number of characters that are in the game at a, at a higher clip. Um, if they announced one, like they added 30-ish characters, um, then I think it would be better, even if not all the characters were necessarily esports competitive, but were part of... I think we got like three or four in the first year. So like if they keep if they keep that up, that's at least yeah I agree with that and there's a lot. Don't want to overdo it too. You, I mean, it's quite hard for them. They got to balance. They're probably going to announce one to two new characters for every season. That makes sense. Um, and the thing is, I hope they don't do the uh, League of Legends model and change the uh, stats uh, of players every couple of weeks and instead go on a year-to-year change. I still think that there is a couple of changes they could make uh, to the game. But again, the format, um, you know... Depends on what they're trying to like. Are they trying to like completely emulate like, like real-time sports? Or are they trying to do their own thing? Like We're not really sure yet. It seems like they're going to half and half. Well, even more so just from a business standpoint. Yeah. You know, if you look at the way your teams are set up now, they're a bit more amateur-esque. Amateur being relative, obviously. Yeah, within, a new sport. Within a new sport, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, the the branding, do you the think... The like, The approach in terms of brand. Do you think this is replicable or do you think this is Overwatch-specific? Well, they're definitely making Overwatch-specific because, like, Blizzard's... No, 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 just this, uh, the ability to create this sort of sports-esque franchise model. Uh... I don't know. I mean, there are definitely other sports that can benefit from this model. Overwatch is just like a great like place to start. That's what I'm thinking, which because, is yeah. There's no like way to like it, like Counter Strike has so many like cheaters and like the people are still coming up with like new things. And, like Team Fortress had like rocket jumps, which is like everyone loves rocket jumps, but it's also something that like was created to like take advantage of of the game. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like. The designers of the game didn't have that in mind. That's which is not always bad, but in sports, you want them to quote unquote play by the rules. You gotta have like a set rules. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what the rules are going to be if they're just. I... Well, Overwatch is so balanced and so like this hero does this, this hero does that, that like you do get like metas every once in a while, like let's run three tanks or something, but that changes based on updates, but the heroes themselves and the fact that they have responsibilities keeps everything in line, I think. Yeah, I agree. I feel, I feel like between new heroes and new maps, they'd be able to keep changing things up. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any... I think, yeah, I think Overwatch is, is a real deal. Um, it'd be funny. I, I would say almost since yesterday, I, I had planned to come in here and say that this was a... Uh, it did a terrible decision to choose the sports franchise model but the problem is I can't think of the alternative which is just a massive number of privately funded teams popping up out of nowhere with no control at least this establishes the concept of a a cohesive organized league um do I think that they'd be able to sell tickets that often no I feel like they'd be better off keeping it relatively scarcer a product initially 
and then sort of pushing it in. Do you want to watch these guys play 40 games? Well, that's like up to an individual, but like... Do you think the average individual would? Or the, even I with think the, that the stats say that they do. I mean, look at everyone who does watch. Like, that's a good that's point. That's the reason why this leagues began in the first place. And I think that the tickets aren't a big deal for them. Because like, it's funny, it's ironic, like regular sports, it's come to the point where they make most of their money from like the, the ads. from the ads and the sport and the sales of the commercials and stuff. That's, That's probably where, you know, like, how, how it's going to be crazy expensive to like sell out MSG or like Staples Center or something. But like having like a, a million like people like on Twitch streaming in, probably not that big. That's thing. true. I mean, there's such a little, actually, other than the, 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 the infrastructure costs of handling that number of simultaneous viewers yeah. I really feel like server costs server costs exactly server costs aside um, you don't really have a lot of responsibility other than presenting the tournament in a good way but again I, I, I sort of got if I show up and there's like cheerleaders and I'm you know sitting watching I don't know I went to yeah. e- I went to ESL Brooklyn and I got it but I was like does someone really want to sit here and just watch like seven games in a row like it needs to have like a I don't know it, it, it's a good idea because the branding will work some of the gear is cool um, like some kind of flow or like some, something like to the game like how you have like refs and like they're like they like dictate what's going on yeah exactly but there's literally not, none of that's necessary in, in yeah. this which is why it's weird which yeah, you know just going ESL it needs like, to be it's own thing it needs to be it's own thing um, but how they're going to end up trying to establish that I think we need to take aspects of like current sports like it doesn't have to emulate sports like current like sports completely but like take things out of it like like I said before like I would love if like New York was only people from New York I mean that's not gonna happen. No, no. They're also gonna need me. But that's also things an, like that. It's also an issue of like when the teams want to expand, who's allowed in, etc. Yeah. Like there's what three, th- two or three Los Angeles teams. I think they should limit the amount of times like like trades and stuff because like that's why people like aren't like falling in line with like current sports because like players switch teams too much like. Well, so this this actually is mandated in it. So I, if I didn't mention, the uh, league has a two year um, contract, one year mandatory. Uh, the minimum is fifty thousand dollars, and the second year is option. So you automatically sign to one year, which is one full season. Um, that includes health care, housing. Um, all the teams like have to like behave by this rule. Like, yeah. It's not gonna be like a Yankees yeah. situation where like no. oh, we ended up out of like luck getting the Babe Ruth of like esports. So like now we're like the best team all of a sudden. Just buy everyone we want. I mean, to be frankly honest, like I'm just gonna be a seal dynasty. Who else is winning? Like, seriously, like... Yeah. Literally the best team in the world is going to be like, oh, it's just our home country anyway. Like, screw it. Like, why is anyone of the best... If all the best players in the world are in South Korea, and South Korea has its own team, why in God's name would they leave? If Especially if you can't pay. $50,000 is a minimum. There's going to be tears, but I don't think they have a... Uh, uh, a salary cap or anything of that nature because all you need is like a rich you know chic to come through yeah. Premier League style and buy a Man City team and then just turn it around uh, and then flood the market 
or the way PSG did by grabbing Neymar in the offseason. I hope anyone who like listens doesn't get confused by all the sports talk. <laughs> No, depending on the person. If you play video games, I, I'm hopeful FIFA's that the thing. FIFA exactly. exists. FIFA exists. FIFA. FIFA are obsessed with FIFA. FIFA. FIFA breaks boundaries, <laughs> you know. It's so those video games. People who like got into sports by playing video games to begin with. I talk in Jordan. It just simplifies the process. Uh, I assume. I assume the demographic knows everything I know. <laughs> I'm a hopeful person. Um, so, yeah, 40 games from January 10th to July uh, 20th, I believe, which is a relatively long season. Um, Was it 10th to the 20th? Yeah, it's January 10th to... July? Yeah. Oh, man. Exactly. It was very long. That's it's like baseball long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I thought. It was baseball long. But they have People a... love how long baseball is. Yeah, well, you know, it, it actually is a, a thing still. Um, you know, baseball is just... competing with January and July? Is it like basketball, I guess? Yeah, but the thing is, gamers, if, if a gamer doesn't watch sports, they're not really competing with anything. That's true. Those are true, yeah. Hmm. Now games are going to have to compete against this Overwatch League, which is going to lead to other teams like, you know, what if like Rocket League does a franchise league? Like, that's not really sustainable. I don't know. It might be. I mean, as a consumer, I probably would rather that than the alternatives. Which is like like what League of Legends and all those is, where there's like a bunch of different leagues. I'd rather one league per game. I don't know if anyone else agrees with me or not, or sounds your opinions but like that's my view you know what I mean June June 16th okay so January June sorry um I agree I mean it, it has a, a it has a more professionalized uh presentation it just keeps, to it it keeps everything neat yeah it makes it seem that the it, it appeals outside of its core demographic and I think that's what the goal is and between the logo of the league um if you've seen it um which is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's not bad. It looks like a sports thing. Exactly. It looks like a sports thing. Um, they have the teams, except for... They're all pretty cool, except for New York Excelsior is just an awful logo. I agree. Um, it's just a stupid name, stupid logo. Yeah. Why you gotta do New Why, York wrong? Really, that? seriously. Seriously. And LA Gladiators. LA, LA Gladiators. Let's just spit out each of those one at a time, better names. All right. New York Empire. Uh... Wow. That's like anything. Yeah. Anything New York related is better than Excelsior. Crooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> uh, the A Train. The A Train. Something like that. Literally anything that New York could do other than the Excelsior. Um, NYFC is pretty cool. That's a major league soccer team that came through. They, I mean, funny enough, Manchester, Manchester City, speaking of. Anyway, back to the point. LA Gladiators is also a stupid name. And it's not a stupid name. It's just the fact that you have, a, you have a lion as your logo and your name's a gladiator. So for the sake of continuity, yeah. change one or the other. I like how they highlight the LA, though. Yeah. The gladiator. Which is LA. The LA is a color that looks as LA. That's, that's dope. Cool. But like, why you got a lion? What's with everyone yeah, a lion, man? Leave Lion to Gryffindor. You fight Lions as a gladiator. You don't, they're not your mascot. Exactly. London Spitfire and Seoul Dynasty look like the two most legit teams. Um, I mean, it's just name-wise. Even Omni even logo-wise. I don't know who's obvious teams. I don't, I, dude, look at this logo. 
That's yeah, Blood Spitfire is fucking awesome. And look at that one. Yeah, so... Missed opportunity. Missed I like, opportunity. I, I, I kind of like the San Fran shock. I don't... I like the logo. The P... The color should be different. The P in... Uh, what team was that? Philadelphia Fusion. It looks like a... Like a lacrosse team. Yeah, it does. Like a, that's what the, that's a that's a better example of what I've been thinking. Um, that's it, it, these look like major league lacrosse teams, and I always think about how big major league lacrosse. You know, it, looks but, like, it looks like people who made those custom teams in like Madden in like two thousand like two. You know, you can like, make your own teams, you can make your own logos, and people would just make like generic like that's what that reminds me of too. It's just generic, generic teams and logos. There's no like. Soul or like representation in any of those logos to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree. Which is just exactly it. Just looks sanitized to a degree. Um, where yeah, that's definitely the right word. Baseball is an institution. There's very personalized logos. Um, and maybe that's the time. Like racist. We need some like racist. Yeah, right. Sports logos. <laughs> and then that's that they should take from regular sports. Then, then, then we'll get these things going. These definitely look like London Spitfire, Seal Dynasty. I'm gonna say Shanghai Dragons too because it's simple enough. Um, maybe maybe Dallas Fuel look like the only teams that are professional league um, I guess Los Angeles Valley it's not bad too yeah Boston Uprising nah for the first team to buy into the Owl to have one of the worst logos that's a shame look like a middle of nowhere college for that logo yeah like this is what's gonna attract like Fans first, like fans aren't gonna like be familiar. Dude, familiar with like the logo, the city, and like maybe a player. Exactly, and they want some gear, so let them have some gear. Well, anyway, um, that pretty much covers the beginning and end for uh, the Owl League. Um, you know, hopefully it's good. We'll keep you updated on developments, etc. Um, and uh, coming up, um, my interview with Sean, Mr. K. Walk, uh, was down at BlizzCon. I'm going to see what happened there. This advertisement is brought to you by Bufu. By us. Fuck you. Not much. What's up with you? Just woke up from a power nap that made me even sleepier. But at the same time, I think, I think they'll get there. Yeah, I would imagine. Six miles, man. Kick my ass. Yeah, I was going to say, how are those uh, knees feeling? Um, actually, I mean, like, they were much worse during the run. I'll mm-hmm. see how it feels. It's kind of the way it's going to go. Yeah, I feel like you should. Uh... By the way, um, this is Sean Lee. He is going to be a... Uh, common commentator here on the show. Um, he just came back from a run. He has no knees. They're made of metal, and so he needs to rest them after running. So wait, yeah, do, do they swell up? Like, I, I don't know, how does that usually go uh, when you're, you know, running or whatever the case is? You just be like, oh shit, this hurts. Yeah, just, I mean, over time, the constant impact is gonna it's gonna affect anyone's knees really and mine just happen to be more sensitive because I have less cartilage than the average that makes sense well um on to uh more uh gaming related topics and less about uh, cartilage in the knees um how Sean you were at BlizzCon uh yesterday 
So how was it? I've never been. Tell me. <laughs> uh, I think I was overwhelmed about the experience, and I still I had to sleep on it, you know, to think about what exactly I saw and really what's still going on today with all the uh, championships. But yeah, and no, I was watching the. Uh, did you end up catching the uh, the final or the semifinals? I watched the semifinals. I didn't watch the finals because that was during my run. Yeah, I'm um, honestly like, is there? I mean, I feel, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong. It's sort of going to require the Overwatch League some time to figure out a way to include more ethnicities because I feel like every single team is just Korean guys, and of course, Koreans are the best in the world at the game. But like. <laughs> Did you did you look at the Owl League lineups like bar none? Like it's, I'm sure it's just hey they got a head start in this industry so it's not like you want equality but you also want the best players to keep it interesting and the best players just have to come from Korea because they have infrastructure that pumps out professional quality athletes I guess yeah say. yeah that's, that's actually a great way to put players. it so I actually had a debate about that catch up. yeah well we'll see. Exactly. We gave them a run for their money for a game or two in the quarters, so I'll, yeah, I'll take that to heart. I think the U.S. put up a good fight. Um, Canada, obviously, good showing, but South Korea is just too tough. Yeah, that I totally agree with. Was there... Did they, did they end up winning? Yeah, they did. Oh, man. Yeah, of course. Of course. They they, 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 they wrecked out Canada at the end. I'm a little surprised Canada got to the final, though. Hey, at least some of my North there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I always forget about that when I think about it, just even League of Legends, the way the teams are split up. And just like, I'm like, eh, majority of all the great teams are in Asia. North America will catch up in the next five, ten years once we catch up to their internet speeds and just the sort of culture that the game is played upon. Um, culture, man. Yes, that's the way it is. Exactly. They, uh, they just... You know, you can go to college and become a professional athlete or a collegiate athlete in esports and all that. Yeah, that I totally agree with. That I totally agree with. Well, you know, what were uh, you know what were some of the things that stood out to you? If not, you know, the size of it. I mean, I, I saw a few photos from you while you're there, and that's wild. If you had to estimate how many people you thought were there, was it like tens of thousands or a couple of thousand? Yeah. So. Uh, I can confirm numbers, of course, but this is coming from what I could pick up and some Blizzard employees that I happen to speak to. Um, they were expecting 80,000 people to visit between two days. Jesus. 30,000 people were expected to show up on opening day. So there was definitely tens of thousands. Whether or not they hit that 30,000 mark they were expecting, uh, not sure, but I definitely felt like I was in a sea of people. Just uh, the Anaheim Convention Center's absolutely enormous and these are actual facts so 1.2 million square feet and it's approximate size of 21 football fields put together so if you have the mental image of a football field just multiply that 21 times in a big rectangle (laughs) it was absolutely enormous but the scary part was blizzard had filled it out with stands memorabilia art shows um you know Demo stands, uh, what else? Just stages, and they named them different names, and there was just people everywhere. So they filled out the space all together pretty well? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think it's, it's almost as if there was no um, unused 
space. I didn't really find any places that were uh, too bad. Maybe, you know, they had multiple levels, so mm-hmm. that square footage is uh, it, it's vertical as well. Mm-hmm. And the second floor happened to be reserved for the media members, mm-hmm. which is nice. nice. But uh, it seemed like at least the convention center floor was filled out extremely well. Absolutely. And, yeah, just... It was amazing to be in an environment that was, you're surrounded by people who enjoy the same things you do, and that's that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I talked about I went to Comic Con earlier this week, and it's like just to be sort of in a full full out like arena of just everyone who shares the same passion as you, and it's just like I don't know. There's like a there's like an optimism and idealism that sort of comes from that. I'm just like, this is nice. This is different than liking this in the real world. This is amongst my people. Yeah, exactly. I feel home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, I just want to run up to people and just talk about nerd stuff. Um, did you catch the opening uh, ceremony video, I guess? I did. I did. Okay. It's, it, it was pretty uh, awesome. Those themes were hit upon that we were talking about very well, I think. That I agree. Because it understands its audience well and tries to drive uh, the emotional points home. Anybody could be a Blizzard player. Yeah, absolutely. You can see that in the audience. What were some of the big uh, announcements that got everyone sort of pumped up if you had to go through like two or three off the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, so the the one I follow the most is Overwatch. But if you're a fan of any Blizzard game, obviously BlizzCon is the place to tune into. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want something, you know... I happened to come in late, so I wasn't able to get a good seat. I parked myself on the side of the uh, Mythic stage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had my own screen, which was awesome, and it obviously wasn't hard to hear anybody. They had speakers everywhere. But um, any game that came up had a big announcement that got people excited. Mm-hmm. I think for Overwatch, going off the thing I know most, they released a new map, which is the Blizzard, or Blizz World, I believe is what they call it. Mm-hmm. And it's the theme park map which is really cute um, really fun I got done with that actually and then how was it any, any different structure wise we're here I'm sorry say that again was it any different structure wise from the other maps or is just as like really cool because it happens to be like a theme park version of all the Blizzard's IP you know every map has its nuances I wasn't able to like focus too much because mm. I was too concerned with actually I was playing more uh, the new uh, support hero that they released that I saw demo better what are her powers? What, give me the button right out. So, yeah, she's got two um, two essential powers that are mapped to your primary mouse key and your secondary mouse key. So that'll be like, um, you can heal someone, obviously, because she's a support hero, so that's nice. And that'll come out as like a sort of yellow mist with your left hand. Mm-hmm. And on the right hand, that you can right-click with. It's a drain power. It automatically homes in on any of the uh, people you see. The range is actually pretty far, but it's used to refill her own healing power as well as um, you're essentially draining someone else's health and giving yourself health. Just like a vampire effect on any any game. Really. Any, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And she's got the uh, she's got her E, her E special ability is where she releases an orb and this orb could either be an attacking orb or a healing orb, and it's got a finite life. Once it's used up, um, it'll disappear, sort of like it drains over time, if that makes sense. So it's sort of like, like, like at 100, mm-hmm. and as it starts to heal somebody, it'll drain to zero. It's sort of like the Zenyatta balls? Yeah, and 
it's really cool though because these these balls it bounces it uses physics. So if you're an idiot like me and shoot up in the sky, you don't heal anybody. Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> Uncertain maps is definitely gonna be huge, especially when you get to those areas, uh, you know, tight corners mm -hmm. where you know people are just shooting in all directions because two two teams I guess collapse on each other. Mm -hmm. But because it uses physics, you can. If you know someone's in the hallway of, say, uh, I can't think of a map all the time I have, but if you know someone's in the hallway, you can just shoot the attacking orb down the hallway and have it ricochet off walls until it finds the opponent. And then once it finds a target, it'll sort of gravitate towards that person. Same thing with the healing orb. Mm -hmm. If you happen to shoot a healing orb and there's one person on the left side and no one on the right side, the orb will gravitate towards the left once it starts healing that individual. So Interesting. Cool. It'll follow. And she has a, ultimate, it's a combination of the two. Combination Does she have a gun? What's her like attack? No, no, no her, you just her attack is that drain. Well, wow. Okay, yes, that's a right click. That's what you just told me. Yeah, so what? it's like sort of like a Symmetra's holding game, but mm. it's got a much further range. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And when did did they mention when she would be uh, accessible to actual like casual gamers or to the regular? Did I just don't remember off the top of my head, so let me do some quick research. We're gonna assume near future. Uh, and while and while you look, what is World of Warcraft Classic, and why are people excited about that? Because I don't really get that shit. <laughs> like I played World of Warcraft, that shit was mad boring. I just remember having to kill like hogs and shit to get up levels early on. That's it. I mean. If, if you weren't a fan, this probably isn't the, the news for you, but for those individuals that definitely like, grew up on original vanilla WoW, as they call it, I mean, like myself, it's sort of just nostalgic factors. Anytime any AAA enterprise reboots a game, people are excited and want to play it. I think this is the same thing. Blizzard is a company that I'm happy to say listens to a lot of its consumers feedback and tries to incorporate that people mm -hmm. have been harping on them for years you know they're releasing these world of warcraft expansions year after year and while new content's great some people were just like i want to play the regular game just i want it to look better yeah and it's sort of that same hype around a final fantasy reboot by square enix or something or the crash bandicoot remake i mean if we're, if, we're, if we're being honest, I'm holding out for Sly Cooper, Spyro the Dragon, and... Dude, Sly Cooper would be amazing. I know. Dude, there's so many good games they could just remake and automatically get ridiculous sales, but they're not going to because they're not aware of the fan base's excitement for a lot of this shit. But that's regardless. Um, I saw StarCraft 2 is also going to be free to play. I don't know if anyone actually still plays StarCraft 2 other than in Korea. <laughs> so apparently it's a huge market. Why? Uh, there was hundreds of demo stands for StarCraft 2, and they were all filled up. So it was crazy. I mean, it's only getting bigger. I, I had this, uh, this conversation with someone the other day, which was like, I, I feel like League of Legends is so much larger in the entire world because it's free. Um, I feel like if you take a $40 price tag, say what Overwatch is, and you try to shift that over to, you know, uh, the uh, currency exchanges, like, you know, that's a pretty large amount of money for a lot of countries. So if they have the computer and they have a free-to-access game with additional money to be able to spend on it, I feel like that would increase the number of people. I really wonder if Blizzard's ever going to think about opening up Overwatch for free uh, and then, you know, making it a, you know, in-game accessible for specific items and loot boxes. I doubt it, but, you know, 
I feel yeah, like. You never know. I just Overwatch is so unique and it's got a niche it's a niche shooter because of the team based shooter, which you don't have on the market right now. Yeah. And that means that the people are gonna to come to them to experience it, right? They're such a big company, they have such a loyal fan base they don't necessarily need to do that yet. No, I totally understand what you're talking about. Which is what I thought of when I when I was just thinking about that and I saw they made it free to play. I'm like, uh, they hopefully follow this sort of business model moving forward, um, of making all the in game, you know, items, you know, purchasable and if anything, League of Legends has proven there's a market for it. So hopefully they, they follow along. Um I mean, do you really like the pay-to-play market, though? Not pay-to-play, per se, because I guess the good thing about League is even if you give them money, it's not like you can get better at the game. But, uh, I don't know. Sometimes people do just enjoy paying a certain amount of money and getting full access to all the content. Yeah, but see, even even with games as a whole now, they just don't do that. I was talking about this on, on last week's episode, which was uh, Dragon Ball Z, um, Fighter Z, that's coming out, right? So they give a release date for it for January 28th. But on top of that, they say, oh, by the way, you could buy the game on that day, but you also have to buy a $35 DLC to be able to get eight additional characters. So are there any game? You you just bought Destiny 2. And what did they announce like three weeks fucking later? They were like, oh, guess what? There's an expansion pack, which you're going to have to pay more for. So they've made it sort of obvious that there's no end to the additional expenses you'll take in the games. And I've always been the idea of, like, if I don't have to pay up front to access this game, well, then my pocket's a little looser when it comes to in-game costs. I understand. Yeah, and I can, I can see both sides of the argument. That's, that's a good point, where, obviously, if it's free to play and you actually enjoy it, you're more likely to invest some money into it. But um, I guess the same could be said, though. If you invest 60 bucks into something and you enjoy the content, and then more's coming out, you're like, oh, it's only... Thirty dollars this time. Not yeah, sixty. It's half the price. Yeah, that's true. Well, in an ideal world, um, that'll be you know something that yeah. they'll actually look into, or as the gaming business model evolves, that they'll start looking into. Um, any other highlights from BlizzCon worth mentioning, or all in all, everything uh, that's happened other than the Overwatch League playoffs I saw, which was pretty interesting. South Korea won because obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think just BlizzCon in general. You, if you're a fan of video games, you have to experience something like that. Um, you know, I mean, Capcom, I have, can't speak about, or any other type of con. But BlizzCon in general, if you're a fan of the company, I would highly recommend making the trip one time just to see the level of detail, the attention given to all of the community's favorite parts about each individual game just the experience overall and the fact that you know they coincide the the blizzcon coincides with a lot of the championships going on Mm -hmm. in your favorites uh video games it's just really really cool to see so i was fortunate to catch a whole bunch of like you know core final semi-final performances in all these different games and you really do feel the energy of a crowd and it's being like at any professional sporting event I can't even describe it. It was so surreal to, to sit in the Overwatch arena and to be cheering for Team Canada when they were playing, uh, I think they were playing Sweden or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just just to see like how the crowd reacts and how that makes you feel as a viewer of the esports. And like, you do get much more excited 
in a way that you might not when you're sitting in front of your computer. Did seeing the uh, audience and the way that the Overwatch playoff was set up make you think that esports is uh, a concept that will definitively prove itself in the next couple of years? Or was it still like, I get it, but this is still a relatively small percentage of the market, you know, a relative size of the market when you think about it? Or you're like, nah, this really has potential. This has the feeling of the sort of when you're in a sports stadium and you're rooting for one or the other and you get really into it. Um, you know, how did it feel on that end? Yeah, I, as a fan in general, I was really genuinely excited. Mm -hmm. But seeing how, uh, you know, in this event, I guess Overwatch is sort of new to the esports scene. You've had it for a year, which is not as well established. And it's not like we're a country like South Korea, which is leagues developing these things. Mm -hmm. uh, Very so true. I guess it felt amazing because of the other sports that I, uh, other sorry, uh, what is it? Other games that were also going on mm -hmm. because they they had the actual championships. This is sort of like a, a World Cup. Um, trial event, you know, the prize pool wasn't as large, but there was still excitement. Mm -hmm. And you know how in any sport you go to a basketball game in mid-season, you know, you're kind of like washed out. Yeah. I oh. think sometimes it'll be tough to fill an arena, that sort of feeling. Mm -hmm. Not this time because it's at a con and you're going to have 30,000 people there already trying to experience everything that Blizzard has to offer. But on any given week, if you have a, a matchup, coming up and you have a stadium, I really don't think you'd be able to slow it out right now. That's true. It just doesn't have that market for day-to-day -day consistency in terms of following esports, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have big, big independent events mm -hmm. to draw big crowds, I think. They got to start working outside of their core fan base and start trying to bring in the more casual fans and gamers. Yeah, I mean... Hey, if they had tournaments that hosted more than one thing, I mean, I don't know if they do. I really they don't follow it too closely, but yeah. they did or something like that, and fans had more than one thing to see. Yeah, it'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. All right, so a, a more festival atmosphere rather than a solely sitting down to watch a game atmosphere. Yeah, like interactive. That was definitely the way to go, man. It mm -hmm. was so cool. Right outside the stadium, you had all those demos, and everyone was playing Moira and learning how to. Uh, to run around this new map. It was just, it was so cool that you could do multiple things. Highly recommend the comp. Highly right. recommend it. Well, one day I'm going to get out there once I'm out in LA, away from New York. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, that's, a, that's pretty good to hear. Um, you know, it's a good roundup of what was happening there. Um, what else do you got uh, going on for this weekend? You going to see Thor Ragnarok? Going to try to, that's for sure. I don't think I'm going to make it this weekend, but next week during the week uh, I'm able to go it's the benefit of being unemployed and then <laughs> it's yeah, fun employed if you're listening money. Blizzard this man wants a job hire him for audience development he knows what you guys need oh I do yes, yes. shout out Blizzard 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 Sean Lee Blizzard Blizzard we're gonna SEO that shit right alright right. and uh, speaking of Overwatch you wanna play a little bit after we uh, close down this recording yep sounds good to me man uh, awesome awesome well thank you again Sean um, to the listeners this is going to be a, a voice you'll be hearing quite often so if you don't like it that's too too fucking bad get used to it because I got yeah, sorry guys exactly I'm going to be here exactly alright buddy I will talk to you soon sounds good All right, thanks man. for having me no problem bye take care